Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Sports Insights Podcast. Dan is not with us this week, but I'll be joined by Josh Action Applebaum to break down all of your sports betting needs. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, I want to remind everyone to sign up for a four-day trial of our Sportsbook Insider Pro subscription. Right now, our MLB best bets are sizzling hot, up 30 units on the season, and you can get those winning picks along with real-time odds, public betting trends, money percentages, sharp money indicators like steam moves, reverse line movement alerts, and contrarian plays, along with many other features that you need to make smarter bets. Uh, you can get all of that with our four-day trial of Sportsbook Insider Pro, so sign up today for just $49. Yeah, and to jump on there, Dave, um, so hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, glad to be with Dave here. And yeah, a great time to sign up for the Pro. Just like Dave said, the best bets are crushing it. We're up 30 units, um, having a great year so far. There's a lot of good bet signals to follow. And also want to mention that when you sign up for the Pro account, our best membership, it's not just the picks, the live odds, the bet signals, the dollar percentages. Uh, you're getting access to that weeknight betting hangout. So it's not just here are the picks, good luck. You know, we're doing this each night. Uh, all Pro members are welcome. You guys can log in. We'll break down the board, go over all the games. Uh, so just want to let you know, um, you can rely on that every weeknight, 6.30 to 7 p.m. Um, and I host that and uh, hope everyone can join. Yeah, it's a good call. And I know we've got a, lo- a, a devoted group of people doing that every week and the numbers keep growing. Uh, definitely, if you're a new member, that is a very valuable resource. Let's jump into the games. Uh, specifically last night, we had game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, I think people were hoping for something a little bit more competitive, but Golden State ended up rolling, uh, winning by 22 points. Looks like it might be a short series, uh, but let's just get into the, this nitty-gritty here. Uh, last night, the Warriors closed with 47% of spread tickets, and that marked just the sixth time all season that the Warriors got less than 50% of bets. Uh, obviously, they're one of the most public teams in the league, and they're now 5-1 and ATS when they're getting less than 50% of spread tickets. Moreover, just looking from a historical perspective, teams getting less than 50% of spread tickets are now 41-27 and 27 ATS in the NBA Finals, and that's dating back to 2005. And, you know, we have seen from a you know, very general standpoint that betting against the public has been a lot more profitable in these later playoff games. Uh, you know, historically, just looking at the very most uh, basic contrarian strategy, teams getting less than 50% of bets, they've wanted a 48% rate in the first round, 48% rate in the second round, uh, but then you know that rate ticks up to 55% in the conference finals and 60% in the NBA finals. Uh, the main reason for this, of course, being that we're seeing a massive surge in public money, so you can capitalize a little bit more on some of this public perception, artificially inflated lines, you know, taking advantage of recent results. Uh, you know, I know looking through our ticket percentages, looking through our historical archive, I saw our average ticket percentage for an NBA Finals game is five times that of a regular season game. And when I spoke to Scott Cooley from Bookmaker, you know, he reported that their volume is you know, seven to ten times greater for a Finals game than you're going to see on a regular season game. So you know, we're talking about a, a massive uptick in public money. So it, you know, if you are going to be betting against the public, now could be a good time. Yeah, and just to jump on there with Dave, you know, it's been tough for us a little bit at Sports Insights with the NBA playoffs. Um, the public's been doing really well. Uh, they seem to take the over every single game. It's winning all the time. Uh, they're taking a lot of favorites. Those have won as well. So the first few rounds has been tough for us, but I think we're, we're witnessing a huge, huge regression. And I think the public kind of got fat and happy getting lucky, uh, you know, with all those overs and favorites covering. 
but now it's really going to regress to the mean. And if anyone hasn't read Dave's article, uh, Fading the Public in the NBA Finals, it's a great piece to read. So the whole thought process is, you know, when you get to the NBA Finals, they're super hyped. You have an influx of public betters coming in, a lot of public money, uh, really causes that contrarian value to spike. So it kind of reminds me of March Madness uh, when we were doing really well here at Sports Insights with our best bets and our fade the public mentality. Um, the whole thing with fade the public is, you know, you can't do it every single game. Um, you can't just look at who's getting less than 35% and take that team every time. You know, we wish it was that simple. But the whole thing is you got to have that lopsided percentage. But the other most important thing is it's got to be heavily bet. So you can really only do it in these games that are super, super heavily bet with a, tons of, with a ton of public action. And uh, like Dave said, you know, now since 2005, uh, using our BetLab software, uh, teams under 50% in the NBA Finals, 41 and 27. So they're at a 60% rate. Um, and I was specifically interested in a couple things I found on Bet Labs, and they all cashed for that game one with the Cavs um, and Warriors, the Warriors covering. Uh, but Warriors, um, they finished with only 47% of spread bets. So they hit with that um, teams under 50%. And they were also a favorite. Favorites in the NBA Finals are now 38 and 33, 54%. And then home teams as well, 39 and 32, 55%. So that was kind of a perfect storm for us with the Warriors last night. They were under 50%. They were a favorite. They were a home team. Uh, you can fade the public around the Cavs, and um, it was a big win for, for fading the public. Good start to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that even though the Warriors were a value in Game 1, certainly we saw some sharp money on the Warriors for both their Game 1 and their series price. We are starting to see some pretty significant overreactions uh, after that game one, you know, 22-point blowout. And it's not surprising, but it actually might mean that there's some opportunity for betters uh, taking Cleveland in game two. You know, the look-ahead line had this game either, you know, between Golden State minus six and a half to minus seven for game two. And right now we've already seen a big change in public perception with the Warriors listed as eight and a half point favorites for game two after that blowout. Right now they're getting 78% of spread tickets and 82% of spread dollars. So, I mean, it's still very early. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how those how those numbers end up fluctuating over the next few days. But obviously, you know, better saw a big win and they're willing to lay an even bigger number for the Warriors in game two. Um, also, just, you know, from looking at this season, the Warriors are 20 and 28 ATS when they're getting at least 70% of spread tickets, whereas they're 30 and 15 ATS in all other games. So in those really heavily bet public games the Warriors have struggled when they're not getting public support that's when you've been able to take the Warriors without having to lay that inflated price for them also we you know yesterday's game sort of falls in line with a number of historic trends you know the home team since 2005 is now 12 and 1 ATS in game one of the NBA finals so we've got a nice opportunity for the Cavs to bounce back especially considering that you know, there's so much contrarian value and we've already seen that one and a half to two point line move just based on public perception from game one also kind of want to point out, you know, we talked about the most basic contrarian strategy, but teams getting no more of 40% of spread tickets have won at a 52.2% rate during the NBA playoffs, and that includes a 12-4 and mark during the NBA finals. So again, more public money means more artificially inflated lines, more value for contrarian bettors. Uh, a few other trends to sort of keep note of. Uh, it's still early, but the Cavs fit the criteria for our 2016-17 NBA betting against the public report which we publish before the start of every season to sort of detail the sweet spot for betting against the public. But, you know, as a team playing their second consecutive road game, uh, getting less than 30% of bets, 
they're in a pretty good spot right now. Uh, the other trend that sort of say that favors them is that during the regular season, teams getting at least 75% of the money have gone 91 and 141 ATS. Uh, so it's a 39% cover rate. And, you know, right now, as I said, with the Warriors getting over 80% of the money, might be a good spot to fade them. Yeah, I totally agree with Dave. You know, it, it's too early. Uh, this game is Sunday night. you got a lot of time. Uh, we really want to sit back, let the bets pour in, uh, get as much contrarian value as you can. Um, we've tracked just around 2,000 bets um, on this game so far, and you know the line kind of just came out last night. Um, but we did track uh, on the game one 39,000 bets. So you can see there um, with you know Warriors not crazy lopsided, only 47%, but that's the value of those really really heavily bet games going the other way. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. Cavs certainly have contrarian value. The public always, you know, big mistake we always tell new members is. Um, square betters always overreact to recent performance. So, you know, Warriors just looked amazing and absolutely crushed the Cavs. So, already off the bat, you got almost, you know, 80% of bets taking Warriors. They opened minus eight. They're already up to eight and a half. So, we'll kind of just sit back, let that line rise and rise, let the public, um, you know, keep inflating that line. If it gets to nine, maybe nine and a half, um, you know, definitely to me, It'd be Cavs value here, although the one thing I am a little worried about is that we do have great stuff on favorites and home teams, um, and Cavs do not qualify as a favorite or a home team. So right now, they kind of just have that contrarian value on their side, uh, but certainly a game to check off, make it a my game on your odds page, and just keep an eye on it for the next couple days. Yeah, and the one thing I will say with home teams is that you're historically, home teams absolutely have provided additional value during the playoffs. Uh, but the one thing I've seen with the lines this year is it does look like they're building in uh, more points for home court advantage than they have in past years. And I think we had a perfect example of that with uh, with the Celtics-Wizards series in the East two rounds ago, where you know the home team was you know getting four and a half to five points every game, whereas you know normally during the regular season you see home court val- uh, you know valued at about three points. We were seeing this up to you know four four and a half points for home court advantage. Um, so definitely something to monitor as this game goes back to Cleveland for Game 3, what type of split we'll see. Uh, but for what it's worth, the look-ahead line actually does have the Cavs as two-point favorites at home uh, over at 5 down for the look-ahead line. Obviously, a move through zero doesn't really count as a full point, but we're talking about a move from plus 8.5 to minus 2 for home court advantage. So again, you are seeing that home court is getting a tremendous amount of value during the playoffs. And I think... Get ready for one of the most lopsided NBA Finals games ever. I mean, when you see uh, that look headline, you know, maybe it's Cavs minus two, Cavs minus three, they're going to be a favorite because of that home uh, home value. But you know a public square better will see Warriors getting points, and they will hammer the Warriors. So um, definitely uh, excited to see how that game three line uh, comes out, what number it's at, and get ready for 80 90% taking the Warriors plus a couple points. Yeah, and especially if the Warriors get another win in Game 2 and they look as dominant as they did in Game 1. I don't think that's going to happen, but again, I mean, you're just going to see, almost no matter what, you're going to see people taking the Warriors over and over again, given that uh, given that it'll be somewhere between, you know, a pick and Cleveland as a small favorite. Now, looking at the exact NBA Finals outcome, we've got updated odds on that. Right now on the series price, Cleveland is plus 500 with the Warriors minus 700. Significant move since Golden State opened about minus 250 to win the series. We saw some sharp money bump that up to minus 300 before game one. They're at minus 700 now. 
Odds of Golden State sweeping are plus 450. Uh, Golden State in five is the most likely outcome at plus 175. Golden State in six at plus 400. And Golden State in seven at plus 450. Uh, so I guess the great, uh, great irony here is that the odds of Golden State sweeping are actually shorter than the odds of Cleveland winning in any way, shape, or form. And quite frankly, coming into this series, I did think Golden State in five was the most likely outcome. Continues to be the case. But just because Golden State's the better team doesn't mean you can't find some value on Cleveland, you know, especially when you're getting eight, eight and a half points in game two. Totally agree, Dave. And there's other uh, one other thing I want to hit on real quick, and then maybe we'll we'll circle over to some MLB talk. Um, but betting totals in the NBA Finals. So uh, another way you can capitalize to fade the public, it's not just with these really lopsided percentages for spread, but there's value on unders as well. So you know as a public better, you know, Square guys, uh, they don't look at the data. They don't look at the numbers. They don't know what reverse line movement is. Um, they're always going to be, um, you know, biased toward taking a favorite, a home team, and over. You know, if you think about it, um, you're with your friends. You go out to the bar. You're not going to want to, you know, hope for missed baskets and hope for block shots and hope for guys to, you know, dribble out the shot clock. It's just not fun. It's counterintuitive. So you have that gravitation to overs. And actually, the NBA Finals, you know, even though throughout the playoffs, overs have done well up to this point, we found some great stuff in Bet Labs on unders in the NBA Finals. So just overall, since 2005, uh, the under has gone 39-30 and 30 in the NBA Finals. It's about a 56.5% win rate. Um, but what I love is unders when they're getting less than 50% of bets. So basically, when you have public who loves overs anyway, you got these really heavily bet games, they're taking the over. Um, anytime... Public's on the over. The under's getting less than 50%. Um, it is now 35 and 26. So you're at a 57 and a half win rate, uh, which is awesome. And we saw this hit last night. Um, you had 54%, not crazy lopsided, but a majority on the over, taking the over, open at 225. Um, it's actually a great example with our software, how you can make a smart bet. Uh, we tracked majority of bets on the over, 54%, but a majority of dollars on the under. 54%. We also saw some reverse line movement. So even though you had majority on the over, that line did fall uh, and it closed at 224 and a half. So you had some classic reverse line movement there. And then also uh, getting your bet signals, which comes with your pro account. Uh, we did track a uh, pretty good move from five dimes on the under and that five dimes steam move uh, on totals in the NBA is up 20 units this year. So you had a good bet signal. You had some good percentages. You had some reverse line movement. You had some good bet lab systems. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for unders uh, throughout the rest of the series when uh, less than 50% are taking the under. Fade the public, uh, good value on unders there. Yeah, and we're talking about some historically high totals for these NBA finals. Uh, Josh said it opened 225 last, uh, for last night's game. I think that was about, I want to say, 12 points higher than any other NBA finals game we had tracked. We're talking significantly higher than any other NBA finals game. You know, just something to monitor as these teams sort of lock down defensively. Uh, we do tend to see, certainly in college basketball, when we talk about during the tournament and during tournament finals games, we've seen value on the under as well. Uh, you know, in these big games, the under does tend to have a little bit more value. In terms of some basic house cleaning notes, uh, here's hoping you took our advice on Malcolm Brogdon for NBA Rookie of the Year. I know Dan and I have been talking about him for a few months now. You know, he's been ranging between... You know, plus 150, plus 300 for a while, but there was a pretty significant move at five times. He's now the odds-on favorite at minus 200. Also, if you're looking ahead to next season, 
Uh, Westgate Superbook mm-hmm. opened their futures for the 2017-18 season. Not surprising, Warriors, once again, the odds-on favorite. They're minus 160. And overall, there's only seven teams that uh, that are at 30-1 to 1 or shorter, uh, with the Warriors minus 160, Cavs plus 250, Spurs at 10 to 1, Celtics at 15 to 1, Wizards, Clippers, Rockets all at 30 to 1. Uh, obviously, who knows what's going to happen over the course of this offseason, but it looks like it's going to be Warriors and Cavs in the NBA Finals for the foreseeable future. Uh, if you're looking forward to next month's NBA draft, Markel Fultz, ever since the draft lottery, we've seen his odds of being selected with the first overall pick move from minus 300 to minus 1,000. So at this point, it's pretty much looking like a lock that uh, that he'll be taken by the Celtics with that number one pick. All right, let's pivot for a second. You know, obviously we don't have a ton of NBA games going on, but right now, you know, where betters are making most of their money is through the MLB season. We've had a ton of really profitable strategies that we talk about. Uh, and I want to talk about one of the ones that we've mentioned before this season that continues to cash, and that's underdogs in divisional games. Uh, I mean, this is one of our sweet spots as... A lot of times, I know, Josh, you talk about this in your hangouts, getting these plus money dogs, you don't have to win at a 50% rate in order to turn consistent profits. And the great thing about these divisional games is that it really levels the playing field because the teams are so familiar with each other. Uh, and obviously that's beneficial to the team getting plus money. Uh, you know, Just looking this season, MLB underdogs are 187 and 207, uh, up 33.7 units against divisional opponents. And in all other games, they've gone 164 and 240 and they're down 39 units. So we're talking about a 72-unit swing, just looking at dogs and divisional games versus all other games. So you know, if you're just looking to handicap your own games, obviously betting against the public is a you know, very valuable aspect. But when you can find these divisional matchups as well, uh, that, that value really does escalate. And yeah, just to jump on, uh, piggyback on, there, on that, Dave, um, if you add just a less than 40% filter to divisional dogs, um, 106 and 103, 50% win rate, but plus 41 units. So basically you take Dave's model with the divisional dogs, um, you know, getting the plus money, don't have to have a crazy win rate, but you, you layer in that fade the public onto the divisional dogs, plus 41 units. So, um, you know, that's a bet lab system you can find in the think tank community system, uh, but totally agree with Dave there. We've been hitting on those divisional dogs under 40%. Uh, it's definitely been, you know, I know Dave loves the high totals as well, eight and a half or more. So we've definitely found some really good stuff with divisional dogs, specifically getting less than 40% of bets. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that with the high totals. Again, you know, this season, underdogs, when the total is nine or greater, they've gone 113 and 131. They're up 12 units, whereas in all other games, those dogs have gone 238 and 316, and they're down 17 units. So, uh Again, if you can find these divisional dogs against the public, high totals, look for you know sharp money indicators like reverse line movement. That's really going to be your wheelhouse for for fading the public, and you know that's certainly been a large part of some of our best bet success this season. Dave, glad you mentioned the reverse line movement too. So, um, if anyone knows what we do at Sports Insights, we love fading the public and we love following sharp action. And best way to find sharp action is just looking for reverse line movement when that betting line goes in the opposite direction of the betting percentages. So say a team is getting 80% of bets, they open minus 140, but you see them fall to minus 130. You know, that line is dropping even though they're getting a majority of bets. Clear indication there that sharp action came in on the opponent. So you want to take that op- the opponent there, whatever plus money they're at. Um, but just to jump on what Dave said, 
Uh, it's another Pet Labs one. But if you look at divisional dogs under 40% plus reverse line movement, um, you're looking at not a crazy sample size. It's 49 and 36 this season, but it's a 50% win rate, uh, 58% win rate, 30% ROI, and you're up 26 units. So $100 guy just taking divisional dogs under 40 with RLM is up almost $2,600 at this point. Yeah, and again, you know, will you win at a 30% ROI over the rest of the season? It's pretty unlikely, but we do know that, you know, these have been consistently profitable strategies, and we do think that there's a positive expected value to these plays, and certainly would recommend you continue to follow them. Uh, the other thing I want to touch on is the value of totals. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about these plus money dogs, but MLB totals, there's, you know, there's a reason that the limits for these MLB totals are lower than uh, than they are for the money lines at most sports books, and you really can capitalize, uh, you know, in a number of ways, a number of strategies that we have for betting totals. Now, again, there's, there's, less bet, there's less value betting MLB totals in terms of contrarian value, just because there is a smaller handle with those lower limits. But still, uh, unders receiving less than 15% of tickets have won at a 56% rate since 2005. And it's a pretty sizable sample size that we're dealing with. And it doesn't happen every day, but, you know, those really lopsided totals, that's when you're going to see the value. So, you know, are you going to want to fade the public when the over is getting 60% of bets? Probably not because sportsbooks are already anticipating that type of handle. But once it starts to get really one-sided, that's where you can sort of buy back the other side. You know, right now there are no games at that threshold. The most one-sided betting we've tracked today is that Colorado-San Diego game where we've got 78% of bettors taking uh, over 7.5. That's a situation you might want to look at the under. But again, really want to focus on those extreme levels of one-sided betting, and you can afford to be more selective. Uh, We also talk a lot about the impact of weather on totals, and there are certain stadiums that you certainly want to key in on. One of my favorite systems is just when the wind is blowing out to dead center at 8 miles an hour or greater. Uh, The over's gone 972 and 749 all-time. Uh, and that includes a 26-6 and six record this year. So it is absolutely killing it. Again, there's no matches right now, but you know we've made a lot of strides to improve our weather page to make sure you have as much information as possible. Uh, and if you can get on that weather report early in the day, uh, you know we have very solid weather predictions that can help betters make the most informed decisions. Totally agree with Dave. You know It's really important to take weather into account. Wind blowing out, we love. Um, also look at umpires. We give you those with your pro account. Uh, you get the record for um, how they perform with totals when they're behind the plate. And then just to jump on that too, the other big thing I love is some of these good bet signals that come with your pro account. So in particular with over-unders, uh, there's a couple moves I love following this season. It's a bet online move on totals, and it's up 26.6 units this season, um, 163 record. Uh, so basically when the sharp guys at bet online uh, really get down hard, uh, big influx of sharp action coming in on a total. Um, it performs really well. So this is a bet signal you can get a text or an email for anytime it comes in. Um, definitely uh, layer that into um, how you're going to break down if you're going to play a total. If it has a bet online move, that's a good thing. And there's a five dimes move. Not as good, uh, smaller sample size, but it's 39 and 21, 65% win rate, and it's up 15 units this season. So like Dave said, you're betting totals, those extremely lopsided percentages, um, looking at the wind blowing out, hopefully you get a profitable ump uh, for you know over or under, and then a five times over under reverse move or a bet online steam move. 
Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would say with that bet online move is you need to be a little bit cautious. Bet online is great in that they're usually the first sports book to open. So a lot of the times you might be, you know, triggering a move at a line that isn't widely available. But that five times move has been pretty consistently profitable. And although they might not be as sharp as they once were, uh, the five times move has been very profitable for baseball bettors. One other thing I want to touch on, and we talked about the wind blowing out. Let's talk about wind blowing in uh, five miles an hour or greater. The under's gone 734 and 585 all time. It's a 55.6% win rate. Again, betters are going to bet overs no matter what. So there's almost more value betting these windy unders than there is betting, you know, when the wind's blowing out, taking the over. Um, you know, it's not necessarily doing that well this year. I think it's pretty much at, at a 50% rate this season. Uh, but we have faith that this will be a long-term winning strategy. And for me, one of the most interesting things is, I don't know about you, but when I think about wind conditions, one of the first ballparks I always think about is Wrigley Field. Uh, just because you have the Cubs playing so many of these afternoon games and, uh, you know, obviously they call it the Windy City. It's not for nothing. A lot of times you've got really fast wind speeds that will cause, you know, extreme changes in totals. Uh, you might see a six and a half total one day and a 12 total the next just based on those wind conditions. But the one place that has sort of sneaky wind conditions is Arlington Field in Texas. And if you're looking to bet unders, this is a great ballpark to do it in. Um, you know, again, when the wind is blowing in at five miles an hour or greater, uh, the under has gone 123 and 78, and that's plus 38 units if these games played at, uh, at Arlington Park. So you know, that's more than twice as many units as any other stadium, and it's by far the most plays. Uh, so you know, today there might be some potential value where you've got seven mile an hour winds blowing in. Uh, so definitely make sure to watch these Rangers home games as there might be. Uh, some solid value in those in those situations. Another interesting storyline we're going to continue to monitor uh, involves the Mets, and their overs have gone 32 and 12 this season, which for me is kind of interesting because you would have thought that pitching would be their strength coming into this season. You know, between Syndergaard and Harvey and DeGrom, you would have thought they would be one of you know, the better under teams, uh, especially considering how you, know, you would have thought that their offense would struggle. You would have thought the Mets would be a better under team this year. They by far the best over team, and three of their pitchers in particular. Uh, you know the overs gone six and two in Matt Harvey starts, seven and one in Wheeler starts, and eight and one in Gisselman starts. I'm sure I just butchered his name, but oh, come on, who puts an S after a G like that? Definitely going to continue to monitor that situation. And on the other side of New York, we've got another really interesting storyline developing. Mike Trout is going to miss the next six to eight weeks. He's been the odds-on MVP favorite, honestly, for the last three years. Uh, with him out, there's a new MVP favorite, and it's Aaron Judge. And you know, this sort of shows the value of shopping for the best line, because Judge is now minus 150 to win the AL MVP at Bovada, but he's plus 200 over at Bet Online. So you know, again, I don't love these bets. Just because you do have to wait so long to cash out, it's not a great payout. For the most part, it's not worth it unless you're targeting one of these, you know, huge long shots that can actually pay you a solid dividend. Uh, but, it, you know, it's crazy to see that Judge seemingly came out of nowhere to be the odds-on favorite. And uh, on the, along those lines, shout-out to our colleague Mark Gallant, a.k.a. Biff Tannen, who uh, in the preseason highlighted Judge as a great pick to lead the league in homers. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but I think he got... What was he plus eight thousand to lead the league in homers? Some crazy number like that. 
and now he's right up right up top uh, among the league leaders. So um, shout out to Mark for for highlighting that. If anyone took Judge to lead the league in homers preseason, you're you're feeling pretty good right now. Yep, he took him at eighty to one. He's a co-favorite with Giancarlo Stanton right now at five to one. Uh, huge potential payout, and that's why we sort of look for those sleepers a little bit further down the list that actually make it worth the wait. Uh, in terms of other AL MVP candidates. In the AL, let me just run through the list, the latest list at Bovada. Uh, obviously, these are not the greatest odds, and I really wish there was a field option on that judge, uh, on that judge number. Uh, but Judge is minus 150. Altuve and Correa are both plus 750. Betts, Lindor, and Sano are both plus 1,000. Uh, Corey Dickerson having a little bit of a resurgence at uh, 12 to 1, and then Robinson Cano at 25 to 1. Over in the NL, uh, Bryce Harper's seen his odds improve from plus 300 to even money since the start of the season. Uh, he's now the new favorite. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's at five to one on his on, right on his heels. Ryan Zimmerman at seven to one. He's been sort of one of the biggest surprises this season. And then Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, all available at ten to one. Uh, Cubs have been struggling, uh, but you know. Bryant is still sort of an interesting name to me, but again, I'll probably be laying off of this entirely. Uh, still got my preseason ticket on Francisco Lindor, so I'm just going to keep riding that. Yeah, and Dave, uh, funny you bring up the Cubs. I want to uh, let you guys know, I don't know if anyone saw this, but um, we tracked um, on Twitter uh, Matthew Holt, who is uh, works for CG Technology. Uh, he tweeted this out, but um, a few days ago they took a massive... 460 grand, half a million bet on the Cubs money line versus San Diego, and it was only the second MLB bet more than 400k they took all year, and uh, <laughs> the Cubs ended up losing. So this guy, whoever laid this, you know, half a mil, um, he lost big, and this is a great example. And we, we don't talk about this too much, but it's a foundational thing you never want to um, fall into. But it's the gambler's fallacy. So basically, this guy who took the Cubs, they are on a losing streak. They're at the Padres. You know, Cubs are a great team coming off the World Series. Uh, Padres are, you know, cellar dweller every single year. Padres have won a couple in a row. Um, this guy basically committed the gambler's fallacy, which is um, just because a team's on a losing streak doesn't mean they're going to win their next game. Um, so this is a great article from Bet Labs uh, by John Ewing. Um, but think of it this way. Uh, you walk up to a roulette table, you see that uh, a black number has hit the last 10 spins. Your first thought might be, that a red number is likely coming because it hasn't happened in a while. Um, but that is not a way you want to bet. Um, the whole thing, you know, the answer to that is, you know, it, it's a flawed logic because every spin is independent. Every game is independent. And this guy who dropped all this money on the Cubs because, you know, the Padres won the first two, Cubs are on a losing streak, Cubs can't possibly lose three in a row to the Cubs. You know, he puts all this money down and, uh, he was a victim of the gambler's fallacy. So just something to always remember. Um, every game is independent. You know, we take every game individually. Uh, a lot of public bettors make the mistake of overreacting to recent trends. So um, just because, you know, something is happening a lot uh, doesn't mean it's going to regress to the mean uh, every single time. So just be careful. Um, and hopefully if you're having a bad day, at least it wasn't as bad as this guy who lost half a million on the Cubs uh, because of the gambler's fallacy. Yeah, and the great irony is that, you know, when we talk about the NFL, we always talk about, you know, one of the big facets is buying low, taking teams off of a loss. And that's great. It's a good way to capitalize on public perception. 
but the NFL is a weekly sport. I mean, and everyone is intently focused on you know the 16 games that are occurring on a given week. Baseball's a 162-game season. There are no overreactions, so sportsbooks don't have to shade their lines because it doesn't... Betters aren't really, for the most part, unless there's some sort of huge event that happened in the previous game, you know, a 10-run loss or something along those lines, you really don't see a game-to-game overreaction over the long grind of the MLB season. Uh, So the idea of taking a team off of a loss, that value really isn't there. And in fact, the ROI of teams coming off of a win is substantially better than the ROI of a team coming off of a loss. Again, you would never blindly bet a team coming off a win or a team coming off a loss, but just something to consider that the concept of momentum is far more applicable in baseball than it is in other sports. And that value of you know buying low after a loss really doesn't exist. And uh, along those lines, too, um, you know, it's a great article by our colleague Mark Gallant earlier this season. Um, better should think twice uh, when they're thinking about taking the Cubs. And the whole idea here is, um, you know, it was a microcosm with this big loss they had with this guy dropping a mill and losing. Um, but basically, uh, Cubs are such a public team. They're always a huge favorite pretty much every game, minus 150, minus 200. And last year, you know, they had a great season. They almost had a 700 win percentage. You know, you're winning, you know, two-thirds of your games, seven out of ten of your games. Um, but basically, if a guy bet 100 on every Cubs game last season, uh, you're, believe it or not, you would only make $155 over the course of the six months. So the whole thing is just there's no value. You know, when you win, you're only winning, you know, what you lay. Uh, but when you lose, you're getting crushed because anytime. You know, you might win off, you know, 7 out of 10, but you're never getting plus money. And then the ones you lose, you're losing huge. You know, minus 200, you're killing your bankroll. So um, Mark tried to warn you earlier in the year. Apparently the guy who dropped a mill uh, did not read the article. So shout out to Mark for highlighting the value of just, you know, not taking the Cubs every game. Yeah, and you'll see that. I mean, the Cubs are one of the most public teams in baseball. So again, that's a team where, as well as they perform, those lines are always being shaded. And it becomes even more difficult to make money over the long term taking some of those really popular teams. Uh, I think the Cubs have been certainly one of the worst money line bets this season. Right up there with the Phillies and uh, who's the other worst one? Just looking at our numbers this year, the Cubs are one of the five worst teams in baseball in terms of money line value, uh, along with the Phillies, Marlins, Giants, and Mets. Uh, all of them have been pretty big disappointments this year, although for the Phillies and Marlins, I guess that's fairly predictable. Uh, in terms of the best money line bets, the Rockies, Astros, Diamondbacks, Brewers, and Yankees have been the five most profitable money line bets on the year. Again, you know, some of this really is public perception, though, uh, because the Yankees and Rockies have similar records on the season, uh, but the Rockies come as more of a surprise. So, you know, the Rockies are up about 15 units on the season, where the Yankees are only up about six units on the year. Again, the Yankees are just one of those super public teams, so, you know, as well as they're doing, and although it's been somewhat of a surprise, and, you know, I think it's fair to say that they've overachieved to an extent, Betters probably haven't maximized their their value just because the Yankees are such a public brand. Yeah, so one last thing just to wrap up. Um, It is my favorite day of the week, Friday. Um, Fade the Public Friday. So we're going to make this a thing every Friday night uh, at our hangouts. We go over this, but um, just a quick update. So if you just look at teams under 40% on the season, it's profitable. Uh, It's only a 46.4% win rate, um, 220 and 254 but you produce 23.12 positive units. So $100 guy taking every team under 40%, you're up around $2,300. However, 
uh, broke it down by day of week, and this is pretty crazy. So basically, um, Mondays are pretty decent to take teams under 40%. You're around eight units one. But Tuesday and Wednesday, you're around minus seven units each day. Thursday, you're around minus two units. But Friday, this is crazy. So Friday, uh, teams on Fridays in, in 2017 that are getting less than 40%, 39 and 26 plus 22 units. So uh, pretty cool here. Basically, the thought process is, you know, throughout the week, may not get a lot of public action on these games, but when you get to Friday, um, you know, Joe Publix getting out of work. He wants to watch a game on TV. He's going to bet on it. He's going to throw 10 bucks down. Um, so Friday is the sweet spot to fade the public. Um, you know, really high win rate, 60%, 22 units one. Saturday is pretty good too. 34 and 32, uh, plus 12 units. Um, makes sense Saturday. Maybe people are going to the games. You got the day off. You want to bet on it. Going to the bar, watch the game. But the other thing is Sunday is not very good, minus four units. So Sundays, uh, Sunday fun day, your girlfriend, your wife's making you go to Bed Bath and & Beyond and, and, and leave the house and you can't bet on the game. You got family obligations, um, a lot of day games. So you might have not as much time for, to let those bets build up. So basically, moral of the story is uh, every other day except Friday, Saturday, Fade the Public is you know not great, but it's all about Friday and, and to a lesser degree Saturday as well. So Friday nights, uh, Fade the Public Fridays, you got a real high win rate, tons of public action. I also love that Fridays, you know, aside from an occasional you know Cubs day game, these are all primetime games. So Friday night, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, ten o'clock can let those bets build all day. Uh, the ticket counts rise, public action uh, really, really comes in hard. So uh, hope, uh, hope you guys can attend the hangout tonight. Um, definitely seeing a lot of good Fade the Public Friday plays for tonight. So um, love those under 40% on Fridays. Uh, and like Dave said, you know, divisional dogs, under 40%, reverse line movement, um, high totals, definitely what we're going to be tracking. Uh, but hope everyone has a great Friday night. And remember, if you're ever going to fade the public in baseball, make it a Friday night. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how those trends work out long term uh, as opposed to over a season. But what you said about Sundays is particularly interesting to me because there's only, I mean, there's only one evening game on Sunday. Uh, and you mentioned that you want those ticket counts to, to rack up. Wrote an article a few weeks back about the value of fading the public at night as opposed to during day games. Uh, and on Sunday, pretty much every game is either played at 1 or 4 p.m. Eastern, so the ticket count is dramatically lower. Uh, so again, you're going to have a lot less value fading the public there. But on Sunday night, that Sunday night game gets, I mean, more than twice as much as the average uh, MLB game. So if you are looking for a spot to fade the public, you know, that Sunday night game is an, a really good opportunity just because you have one game, a lot of people watching it, it's nationally televised. Uh, that's sort of a, a nice spot to fade the public. Totally agree. And yeah, uh, probably wrap up the podcast here. Uh, just a reminder, uh, you guys you know, like what you hear from us, you find it interesting. Uh, if you sign up for a membership, you get everything we offer. So you'll get those best bet picks. They're up 30 units this season. Uh, you'll get the live odds, the dollar percentages, the number of bets, the bet signals, and you also get access to that uh, weeknight betting hangout. So um, if you're ever interested, want to join, it's a great time. MLB strategies are doing great. Um, we got some real good stuff for uh, NBA Finals. Um, and to join, you can just go to sportsinsights.com slash try. And uh, great podcast, Dave. 
and uh, look forward to doing another one and i uh, hope everyone has a great weekend all right guys thanks everyone for listening and best of luck with your bets